Hello, ninjas and ninjets, and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, head ninja at Exposure Ninja and best-selling digital marketing author. This week, we are joined with blogging royalty. We have Vicky from Honest Mum, who I'm calling the queen of the mummy bloggers. And I wanted to get Vicky on to talk about mummy blogging and give us a bit of an insight into what happens behind the scenes on a mummy blog. The other reason I wanted to get Vicky on is because lots of brands and lots of companies want to work with mummy bloggers uh, because they have a huge amount of authority. And with our clients, we've had a lot of success working with mummy bloggers, whether it's sending them products to review or running contests with their audiences. So I wanted to get Vicky's advice for companies, both large and small, on how they should approach bloggers, what sorts of fees they should expect to pay, and what sort of relationships they would um, expect to have with bloggers, how they would go about creating content together. So I hope you find this episode really useful. And don't forget to head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you find us to leave us a lovely rating and review. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Vicky. It's awesome to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me, Tim. It's a real honor. Sweet. So as the queen of mummy bloggers, which is the title that I'm giving you, perhaps you could give <laughs> listeners a bit of an introduction into who you are and what you do, and maybe even what the typical day in the life of a mummy blogger is. So I'm Vicky and my blog's called Honest Mum. So I'm often just referred to as Honest Mum. So at honestmum.com, you can read about my life. It's a lifestyle. It's an online magazine, really. So while it's personal and it's a personal brand, it covers all the things that I love. So, you know, fashion, film, family, food, travel. So I was actually a TV director and a filmmaker before um, I kind of became a blogger and a vlogger. I started back in 2010. So I'm sort of referred to often as a pioneer. I quite like your queen title though. (laughs) I'm going to take that. And um, yeah, so, and and it's been my full-time job for uh, about four, maybe five years now. That is awesome. I love it when bloggers have their, it's their main job. I think that's so cool. So um, (laughs) you were a TV director and what made you decide that blogging was was the thing that you wanted to do particularly so early on when it wasn't really so much of a thing yeah I mean when I started I had to explain to people what a blog was literally um and it was so it was November 2010 and there were a few blogs with some really America were leading the way you know you had people like Deuce and Diaries and you know there were some other in existence and there were some in the UK but it wasn't really a massive thing and actually um it was a friend of mine who was a director i would ring her she didn't have a kid she's got a child now but at the time she didn't and i would tell her sort of about my life this very sort of brave new world that i'd found myself in so i went from leading you know hundreds or more on set to kind of just baby and I, and I was lost and I didn't have a creative space. And I'd gone from being, you know, a successful director to to sort of feeling quite lonely and without a voice. I was also struggling from a traumatic birth. I'd had a really tough time and it was, it's a shock, you know, and actually (laughs) the reality versus um, sort of the expectation when you have kids is quite different and it can be quite tough, especially first time around. So for me, um, she'd actually kept on at me, Amankai, she's called, she kept on at me until I sort of bought a domain name and started a blog. And I remember 
you know, the very first people that ever commented on my blog and even commented on Facebook. And it was scary because it was like putting yourself out there, you know, putting your art out there into the world at a time when not that many people were doing it. And but, you know, rapidly, I have to say it was it was startling what happened because within a few weeks I was approached by some, you know, very forward thinking PRs. So I worked on a campaign for British Gas with some Olympians and that came through actually a friend uh, recommending me. Someone was saying, one of his pals was saying, you know, I'm looking for some bloggers, some really good. And, you know, it's quite nice if you're, I'm not, I wasn't the first blogger in the UK. You know, there were some people that started even a couple of years earlier, but I sort of was there at the start of the wave, I think, the real wave where things were kind of starting and bubbling. And yeah, and then within four weeks, I was a finalist at the Britman's brilliant in blogging awards and it was which was virtual at the time and you know it gave me my confidence back slowly and I I got back on set as a director and then before I knew it you know it it really did you know it took off so it's it's an exciting thing it's a it's a democratic platform that allows you to share your voice and your view on the world instantly and then the, before that, traditional media just wasn't the same. There were gatekeepers at every every step of the way. So as a director, you know, you would say I was doing a documentary, you'd pitch, then you'd get the commission and then you would shoot and then you'd always have an exec producer. And there wasn't, you know, whilst that was a brilliant process and lots of great minds would come together and I loved it, this was felt powerful and it still feels powerful and empowering. Okay, so that's that's really interesting. And you mentioned the forward thinking brands that got in quite early. So I'm guessing that that interest from brands was one of the things that maybe spurred you on and kind of gave you some really positive feedback quite quickly that this was a really good thing to be spending your time on, right? Yeah, although, you know, at the beginning, I didn't start a blog to monetize. I didn't even know that was a possibility. It was, you know, I started this blog to share, to have some a creative corner of the internet, to be able to write about things. And although I was having quite a tough time with motherhood, I didn't actually write a lot about that because I was so knee deep in it, so to speak, mm. that um, really those posts were more escapist. Or I would talk about my my baby got a modeling job and I, I was quite honest, obviously being an honest mum, about kind of that process and just all different things really about the move that I made from London to Bristol and then back home to Leeds, how I sort of, you know, it was just a very personal story. But I think I think it surprised me, you know, a few weeks in, I remember the first the first thing was actually a college, a Yorkshire college that contacted me and said, can we advertise on your site? And I thought, what are they on about? Like, this is a <laughs> site about my family. It was like really surprising um, because it just wasn't a thing. I was like, oh, okay, I'll write about your course. And because I had a background, although I was a TV director, I also edited, I was the editor of a film magazine that was sold across all the borders at the time. And I was, you know, I was in charge and, and oversaw kind of 15 writers, incredible writers. So obviously I knew about sort of how a magazine words but not really digitally but you know I wrote about the course and I didn't really think about it and I definitely didn't think that this would be a career could never have foreseen that and it wasn't my intention then a few weeks in with the big you know this becoming a finalist at the Britman's Brilliance and Blogging Awards that gave me a lot of confidence I thought you know this is these are people that I value immensely and they're brilliant and they've been there for me throughout my whole journey Jen and Susanna who run it but also I, I felt that you know people are actually my voice matters and I think that's what's really important. And I still feel that that's important now. New bloggers say that, you know, that interaction, the fact that people are valuing what you've got to say, especially when you're not, when you're lacking confidence, which I really was at the start. I think people forget that. They think that 
I'm this <laughs> overconfident woman. I am now. I wasn't then. <laughs> and yeah. I still wane in confidence even now. You know, we're creatives. We, it's natural for us to have self-doubt. But I think the more you do and the more people say, oh, I like what you've done or I understand it or you've touched me in some way, the more confident you feel to keep going. Obviously, the British Gas thing was very cool. They invited me along to a beach that had been created in London actually and I met other bloggers and one of I made some of my closest blogging friends thanks to that um that campaign and that made me think wow people are actually you know the, the, the really forward thinking ones were they kept their eye on that ball I think they saw what was happening in America and they could foresee that trend was going to to, to really kick off so it yeah and then it and, and then actually I was like you know I'm not going to monetize anymore and I went back to directing I directed some commercials and then I literally, but then I sort of, the demand was getting, and I thought actually got to a point where I thought I could be earning a similar fee from my kitchen table. And eventually I didn't far more than I ever could have done as a director, even now sort of as a comparison today. So that was great. It offered me a flexible way to work around my family when I was working in a very inflexible traditional career. So That's really interesting. And obviously, since British Gas jumped in in the early days, now brands and bloggers have a really close relationship. And while a lot of bloggers go out there, like you said, with the with the goal to kind of have their own platform on the world, there are increasingly bloggers who treat it as a business kind of first, I guess. So the brand and blogger relationship has has evolved, I guess, as brands have started steering away from more traditional media. Why do you think that brands are so interested and can get such good results from working with bloggers like you? I think, you know, firstly, it's that authenticity. I mean, obviously, content is king or queen, we'll say. And it's that's that goes across any genre of any media. You know, you are consuming because of the content. If you're watching a movie, of course, you want to sell that movie. There's always going to be the culture and the monetary aspects of, of art. But you know so it, you've got you've got to have that you've got but you can hone that as well it doesn't mean you know I'm constantly evolving as a creative as an artist as a writer I always you know that's the joy of it I read an interview I remember years ago I read an interview Martin Scorsese saying that before every movie he makes he goes back to his film school notes because he wants to remind himself of like what he what he learned at film school and then he applies that to what he knows now and it's like we're all on this journey of trying to be better but of course you do need to you do, yeah, you're offering people entertainment, information, you know, an experience. And a bit like film, because that's my background, you transport people emotionally. And it really is emotion on screen. And people say, oh, yeah, okay, but that's what it is. You know, there are people that email me, that write me, that comment to me saying that posts that I've written have like changed their lives, that they've started blogs because of me, that they've gone to their GP to get support to change their mental health like you know I mean this is how transformative blogs can be and 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 YouTube can be and vlogging so I mean first and foremost it's the content then I think what's happened is obviously I've got this great trust with my readers because I am who I am online there's no pretense obviously it's honest it's transparent it's of course selective like all media there's a lot of aspects of my life that I don't have to share or I don't feel is appropriate to share but what you see is 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 me so Brands want that. And also what they can get from bloggers is is the coverage, the engagement, the impressions. You know, if you pay a lot of money for an ad 
I don't know, on telly or a magazine, it doesn't last forever, does it? Whereas if you work with me, you know, that thing will sit on my blog. And I mean, I've got blog posts that drive so much traffic daily that, you know, I could have written four or five years ago. Um, I've got a pancake recipe for American gluten-free American pancakes that, you know, gives me so much traffic daily. You know, it's, it's really, so I think, I think brands want to be aligned with people that share their values. I think brands realize that they need voices that they need to be represented by authentic voices and that they want to speak to niche markets in a meaningful way. I think that's what it's about. Would you agree? Yeah, I think the key is the influence that you have with your audience and that bloggers have with their audience is just is so immense. It's not even like it's not even like a, you know, a friend relationship because there's a sense that friends are a kind of equal. Typically, this is much more like the bloggers are the celebrities, aren't they? And and the fans are often they you know they'll do a lot of stuff that the, that the blogger will tell them that that influence is so key because if a brand has a relationship and visibility on a blog, it's not like running an ad where the brand is talking about themselves. Here is somebody that this fan follows and adores, and you know they know your every move, they know your likes and dislikes. They've completely aligned themselves with with you and they're really familiar with you and then when you talk in a positive light about a particular brand it's so powerful and i think i i I can't really think of many mass media which have uh, have allowed people to have this amount of of influence at scale before i think that's why it's um i mean i want to say as well i and you know i don't think of my readers as fans i honestly i know it sounds like but i think of them as my mates and like yeah. people have come up to me in the street and said can i hug you which i'm like <laughs> they're like i feel like you're my friend and you know it's fine if they're like a woman of my age if they're like some big bloke like that's like why are you reading my blog <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah but and it doesn't happen all the time but when it happens it's like it is really special and i get emails this is what's so lovely i get loads of emails like i don't you know like and people that email me through my contact form just to say to me you know you know that sofa that you got that like i've got that and you can clean it in this way you know it's engaged i've never known Mm. i mean i'll do a facebook live about say confidence and people are saying to me in the comments do you mind me asking like what oven cleaner you use because that (laughs) oven is sparkling and i'm like wow (laughs) like which is lovely you know you don't have to be talking to me about the confidence but i think people just you know they are very engaged and i love that and i don't take that for granted and Mm. i think also people know that you know they like my values that i respect people online i don't and i don't have this I think because I came from a traditional media background I've worked with some big stars I've worked with people you know and some of the biggest stars are just you know amazing some some people you know are divas let's let's be honest and I think because I've seen some of the best and the worst parts of the traditional industry it's made me you know, I don't, I'm not led by ego. I'm not, you know, that doesn't drive me. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just very much myself. And I am trying to sort of spread positivity. I don't just want to do stuff for my own gain. I never have, um, you know, this is about sort of creating movement of women and, and men that want to embrace tech, 
around their families. That's been sort of my mission since the day. And also just, I just want people to feel more confident because I came from quite a broken place. And my blog was like a form of therapy for me and has also, uh, you know, and has provided a great way of life and a career for for me, for my family. So I sort of, you know, I want everyone to get a piece of that really. And they can, because there's enough internet to go around. That's (laughs) a great thing, you know. Um, WordPress hasn't run out yet. (laughs) Yeah, oh gosh, please don't tell me it will be anytime soon. But but also I think, you know, brands, brands, uh, people get very worried. Like, do I need millions of followers to, to be a professional blogger, to have influence? And you don't, because the niche, small targeted audiences are very important as well. And brands want to work with lots of different bloggers. And as long as the quality's there, as long as you're consistently producing stuff, obviously, you know, I appreciate I'm doing well because I'm delivering the big numbers and I'm, you know, writing from the heart as much as possible. And, you know, and we're, and we're hopefully delivering engaging content and, and, and I will only work with brands that I genuinely love. I say no to, to probably 80, maybe more percent of the, of the requests we get, because it's got to be right for me. I will never endorse something that I wouldn't tell my family, you know, mm. to buy, or I wouldn't, it's, it, I take that very, very seriously. Let's dig into that then. So yeah, cool. These, these large brands, Vicky, when, when somebody wants to approach you, they, they shouldn't treat it as, oh, I'm just going to get my brand mentioned and I'm just going to get Vicky to promote me. That's not really, it's more of a collaboration, isn't it? There has to be a, there has to be a plan and there has to be a story. So maybe you could take us through the process of one of these companies reaching out to you and how you go through identifying how you wanted to position this and, and what the end result would be. Yeah, I mean, one that's been, you know, brilliant and I've loved is, and it's, it's really sort of, you know, it's the first in the UK, at least. It could be a worldwide first, but um, we're not 100% sure on that. But it's definitely UK first is that um, Jet2.com and Jet2 Holidays approached me last summer and I'm their digital ambassador. It's the first time a blogger or vlogger has been signed to an airline. So it's a great thing actually because they based in Leeds originally they've now expanded so they're from they're in Stansted and Birmingham. But in terms of like my connection with them and my story, I'd flown with them many times before. We're both born in Leeds, which is lovely. It was an airline that I loved, that I'd flown lots of times, be it's the Cannes Film Festival or family holidays. So it was really the perfect fit for me. And what was so admirable, PR there had come to listen to me speak about my career at the Britmums conference called Britmums Live in the summer, which was really touched. You know, they came up to me at the end. They said, we wanted to hear you speak and uh, we'd really love to meet with you. And, and they thought that I lived in London, that I'd actually moved from Leeds and I was living in London. I said, oh, I'm actually in Leeds. Um, so we met up for lunch and we discussed ways to work together. And it was a really wonderful, collaborative you know, way of working, how we could, um, you know, do the announcement. And I, and it was brilliant. And, you know, when you, you're working with brilliant creatives, the end result is always going to be great. Okay. So that's, that's really interesting. And these are, these are large brands. And obviously you are as queen of the mummy brothers, <laughs> you are, you're kind of at the, at the upper end of this thing. How about a smaller business who has maybe not worked with bloggers before? They don't really know where to start. They don't really know how to go about finding the bloggers which are going to be, I guess, most relevant to their audience. Where do they get started? Well, I would, you know, I mean, it's funny because when I first started, lots of people found me through Twitter. And that's quite a good place to start. You can look at hashtags like 
key bloggers for parenting bloggers. You can look, I mean, you know, Moz do a really good way that you can assess of that person. I think um, it's moz.com slash research tools slash OSE. I know that lots of people use that to see kind of the authority of the site if you're unsure. Um, there are lots of things. Um, there's quite a lot of lists that you can find online that show you who the key influencers are. I know that I keep coming up in some of these lists because they drive traffic to me as well. What, you know, that, that sort of show the influence. But, I, you know, it's not hard to sort of do a bit of research. And often, say you're in a group of people, they'll always be, you'll probably find a mum within that group. And sometimes it's quite nice to reach out. I mean, when I got my first job, the PR who was looking after British Gas had put on his Facebook, guys, does anybody know any really good mummy bloggers? And this was in 2010. And then my mate said to him, yeah, you know, I'm friends with someone who's got a blog called Honest Mum and then I got commissioned. And in a way, you know, I think people are quite scared of that. And personal recommendations are really great. I come up in quite a lot of people's just personal Twitter things where they go, oh, by the way, Honest Mum's written this post. I think you'd love that. And I love that because that's just so real, isn't it? It's like people sharing and recommending. So, so do that. But also, I think, you know, do your research because, for example, my site is a is a Google authority for gluten-free. So I'm probably not going to be the best ambassador for a new pasta brand that isn't gluten-free <laughs> because a lot of my stuff. So I think it's just really, you know, and it's not difficult to find those things. Lots of bloggers have got category drop-down menus. Take a real look. You know, I think that bloggers really appreciate that time that you've taken. Have a look, you know, um, and also don't be put off. Like I do have a lot of you know smaller brands that approach me and sometimes there's ways to offer those editorial if it's meaningful to you so for example I had a woman that had invented um, something that I thought was a brilliant invention for children and for safety and while she didn't have budget to be advertising on sites I said to her you know I'll interview you for my feature because that resonates with me and I'm happy for that you know it fits and it's something that I can champion in the same way you know I have people that sometimes approach me and say can I write a guest post this is the story you know it's got to be meaningful I'm not going to offer free advertising I'm not I don't offer do you follow links if it's not you know just to random uh, companies or yeah. to even global brands I try and stay away from that but it's a meaningful story that I feel people will get behind for example a lot of authors that have got books coming out they will write guest posts for me and I would say you know to the to the smaller uh, businesses as well as the bigger businesses really put your money where you're going to get the result okay so I'm hearing a couple of things here. So firstly, just because somebody doesn't necessarily have the budget to do like an advertising piece with you, if they have a a product which you or another blogger is really passionate about, it's still worth reaching out because if there's a really good fit there, it still could be something where there's opportunity for collaboration. Yeah. And if you're offering something meaningful, like if you're offering not just like, you know, it's got to be something thoughtful then and you're offering quality content. I mean, I don't just put, I don't put up guest posts from any old company. Like, like for me, I will say, you know, like the mother that invented something great, like somebody that's, that's going to inspire women or like, I get a lot of experts that say to me, Vicky, can I, you know, I've got a great PMT expert who wrote for me recently, Marion Stewart, you know, it's, it's wonderful to have these people on my blog for those people, you know, um, I will, I will give a follow link to that person's website because I really value them. I wouldn't really do that for a commercial business, big or small, because I want to protect my site. 
And but but I you know it's not just about that, is it? It's also about reaching my audience. Even if you're not going to get that SEO link, you're going to get coverage and you're going to get somebody that's endorsing you because they believe in it so yeah I think it's about finding the right fit even if it's not a mummy blog you know your product might sit really well on you know a photography blog or a tech blog or a travel blog because you've invented this suitcase that's gonna like let kids sleep on a flight or whatever it may be you know sometimes I'll be like you know what that's really interesting let's run with that or let's do that you know, as an editor would in a, in a magazine, I think, so think really carefully how you're pitching. Don't send out blank emails that just says, hi, mum, which I get loads of. Oh, no you know, way. <laughs> like, I'm not your mum. But, you know, it's like, just just be like, hi, Vicky, or like, do a bit of research. It's really easy. You can just go to my Twitter handle, like, honest mum, it says, hi, I'm Vicky, or whatever. So I think it's just really, and think about what you're don't do the mass emails, not to, you know, I don't think those work very well. I would say, you know, think about who you're approaching, especially if you're approaching key influencers that just don't have time to go through spam emails. Nobody's got time anyway. And mums certainly don't have time. So I would say be strategic and think carefully what you're doing anyway. And also think about how you could maybe offer visibility to that person. A lot of even big brands will say to me, Vicky, can we quote you? And we'll put you know, follow link on our site and or we'll mention you in a newsletter that goes out to millions of people or we'll do this. You know, those kind of things are good because it's part of PR for the blogger as well. You can never have enough PR, right? So Yeah, that's such a good of, point. So that's my advice. But always if you can, try and find budget and pay. And of course, this isn't like saying don't, but this is saying you don't know. Sometimes you will just hit that person at the right time and they're thinking you know okay let's do this that makes total sense so we, we mentioned paying a few times there for people who are completely unfamiliar with the blogging and the brand world maybe we could give some indication about what sort of budget a company would have to have before they expect to do a, a promotion campaign with bloggers at different levels obviously it's going to be much cheaper to work with a starter blogger that has a smaller following to someone who has you know, huge, massive following and, and works with global companies. So just kind of ballpark figures. And obviously, you don't have to talk about any of your specific arrangements or anything. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I suppose it's a hard one, because it's a bit like how long's a piece of string, really, because we negotiate on a fee by fee basis. So it depends what people are asking. Generally, you know, if you want video content, that will be higher paid than if you want a blog post. Some people give you packages if you hire someone for longer. So you say, oh, I want to work with you over a six-month period. Bloggers might lower their fees slightly. I mean, it's it's a really difficult one because obviously I can't talk specifically about what I earn. I can only say, you know, that it's a well-paid career. And that's, you know, if you want quality results, you have to find decent budgets. And you have to attribute that and you have to really value people's time. And, and really that's... I mean, it's hard to really specify. It could be anything from a few hundred pounds a post to thousands upon thousands of blog posts, you know, to campaigns that are some of your biggest YouTubers could charge £10,000 an hour for a public appearance or more, you know. Or um, So it's, it, it depends what you're, who are you speaking to? You know, I, I charge high fees even for a tweet. So it's, it's, it's difficult, but that's, that's not to say that I don't say yes to campaigns that really, really, you know, touch me and they might not be the highest on the highest tier. They still, they still meet my 
minimum. But, you know, because I really want to, because I know that that's a great opportunity or this is a new PR firm that I'm working with. Or, you know, this brand really speaks to me because it's, you know, parents that have set this up. What I'm hearing, if if you're a smaller business, I'm hearing that firstly, you need to be you need to be willing to have budget. Obviously, that goes without saying. Then you need to contact blogs at different levels because you don't really know what sort of you might get someone who's who's much higher profile than you would typically be able to afford but they might have a real affinity for what it is that you do particularly if you pitch it in a compelling way so you might get some visibility there but i I guess with the budget that you have in mind you need to you need to approach bloggers at different levels just to see where where you fit on the on the scheme of things and then the other thing is you, you said obviously a piece the camera you would typically charge less for than something where you have to put a lot more work in so i guess the other part of that is the the business who's interested in working with a blogger coming up with something which is relatively relatively easy for the blogger to do if you're on a low budget right they don't want to say oh you know we need you to come and do a big fat review of this whole massive thing and write loads of posts about it and do loads of video it might be just a case of can we send this to you? You can do a quick piece to camera about what you think of it. And then, you know, that's it. Maybe tweet it a couple of times and that's it. Yeah, so- I mean, so it's it's about going, who are you targeting? What can that person offer you for the time? I still have to take a picture that's great and high res and whatever and tweet it because actually you're, you're that audience, those 32,000, whatever they really want, you know, they value what I say. So you put a price on that. So I think it's, yeah, it's about that. And it's also about just, you know, there's not, you don't always have to get the biggest 2% of influencers or whatever. You, there are people that fall within that that might give you good things. I don't know. It's kind of like, it depends what you're looking for as a, as a response. You know, I would say if you're a smaller company, think about ways that would offer the blogger coverage, things like good competition prizes, you know, bloggers always want traffic, don't they? So maybe you'll say, you know, we'll offer this hamper that's worth £100 to your readers or will offer this gift card to John Lewis. And then that blogger knows, well, that's great. I'm going to get some nice traffic for that. And, uh, you know, even so if you don't have the biggest budget in the world, you might say, well, you know, I've got X amount. Would you do it if I gave a gift card for you to raffle? So, that, you know, there's ways. You've just got to think about ways that might might work for them. Now, it's not going to work for me, but it could work for a smaller blogger, you know, and also, you know, even people that are established will do favours for for brands that, that bring them a lot of business or, you know, and they might say, oh, okay, I'll tweet this for you and forget it or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. not often, it's nothing often, but there's no set rules, really. Vicky, this has been absolutely fantastic. Where can people find out more about you? So honestmum.com and then pretty much everywhere online, I'm just at honestmum. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, if anyone, you know, wants to chat more about things, please feel free. Thanks so much for having me. Um, real fan of Exposure Ninja and your book, Tim. So, um, you know, it's brilliant to be on here. So thanks ever so much. It's a pleasure, Vicky, and I look forward to being on your podcast when you launch it. Yes, I have to launch one, definitely. I was going to say one last thing, Tim, which is quite good and something that I do do. Lots of people will approach me with like recipes, so brands, and often I'll post those because they're brilliant for traffic. So I don't know if you want me to mention it, you know, because you're like, sometimes people are looking for stuff. So for example, like embassies will say to me, oh, Vicky was 
like we're from the South African embassy. Can you like run all these? Because they don't want follow links. They just, they're just giving me a recipe and they just want a mention for like the South African embassy presents South African apple pie. Do you know what I mean? And actually I get gorgeous pictures. I do that quite a bit with cookery books. So I don't know if you want me to mention that. Yeah, um, let's do that. Let's do that. That's useful. Should we just do it as a little add-on? So I've just remembered yeah. it now. Yeah, go for it. So one of the other ways as well, although, you know, 99% or 99.9% of the collabs that I do, bar charities are paid for, there are things that are useful and things that I will accept. And often people will approach me, um, let's say someone's got a cookery book coming out or an embassy approaches me and says, oh, we're, we're putting on this, we would like to give you a recipe for an apple pie that uses, you know, South African apples, or we want, we've got a pancake recipe and we're going to be using Canadian maple syrup. Would you host this on your site? And I do that a lot and paid because they're giving me great value with these, you know, highly readable um, and successful posts that are recipes. I don't offer them a follow link. I just mention and say, this recipe was courtesy of, South African embassy and it's a it's a wonderful way for me to reap the benefit through and the gorgeous pictures and and that's kind of how I work as a magazine a bit like the Huffington Post you know they will post a recipe from somebody or a, or a guest post that you know it adds value to your site I am very selective about what I say yes to but if it you know if it's going to give me value I think it's a super recipe Although I create a lot of my own recipes, I don't have time to be constantly baking or making and stuff. So things like that's very good. So I would say, and there's ways to do that um, that, that, you know, make sense because um, I don't know, I was approached as well a while ago by a beautiful sort of plate company. It was like they were making great plates, but actually they were very smart because they'd come up with some gorgeous recipes that looked amazing on their plate. So whilst you know, they weren't asking people for follow links, whatever. They were just wanted exposure and coverage. They were saying, you you know, we'd like to offer you this. And also I'm at a position in my career where I can ask for exclusives so that I know that, you know, that recipe is not going on a million sites. For example, it's just going to go on mine or that. You know, sometimes they can't do that. But, you know, if you can aim for that, that's good. So I think if you want to create tailored, bespoke content that's going to be great for them and you're not asking for links, you're not asking, you know, then sometimes people will say yes because it makes sense for their blog. Amazing. Yeah, that's perfect. Hey guys, just before we go, um, if you're interested in finding out a bit more about how to get your company featured in the sort of blogs and magazine sites that your target audience reads, both for credibility and for ranking boosting links, then you probably want to check out our best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Content Marketing and Digital PR. This book was actually written by a few different ninjas, including Charlie and Luke, our super head of digital PR and actually our general manager as well. A really good guide on the different ways to get your brand visibility on all sorts of different websites, advice on how to do the outreach, what sort of content to write, and also advice on how to blog on your own website to attract a, a good quality target audience. So check out on Amazon, The Ultimate Guide to Content Marketing and Digital PR.